What's up, folks? What's going on? Welcome to the Spun Today podcast, the only podcast that is anchored in writing, but unlimited in scope. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz, and I appreciate you listening. In this episode of the Spun Today podcast, which is episode two, I will be sharing my writing stats for August, September, and October of 2023. I'll also give you an update on my short story collection, which I've been chronicling here on these uh, free writing session episodes. Spoiler alert, it is out and available now. I'll also be sharing a writing tip that I picked up along the way, tell you a bit about what I've been reading, and last but certainly not least, share a free writing piece of my own. Stick around for all that good stuff, but first I wanted to tell you about a quick way you can help support this podcast if you so choose. I've been putting out this podcast every other week without fail for close to a decade now, and I enjoy doing it more now on episode 247 than I did on episode one, which I guess is a good sign. And your support, dear listeners out there, has definitely been a driving force behind the motivation to continue putting them out. So it absolutely means a ton. And if you are able to support the podcast, I'd really appreciate it. Here is one of the ways you can help support, and then we'll jump right into the episode. If you're a fellow creative, a cool way that you can help support the Spun Today podcast and actually be part of the podcast is by filling out my five question questionnaire located at spuntoday.com forward slash questionnaire. Here you'll find five open questions related to your craft, your art, what inspires you to create, what type of unrelated hobbies you're into, and what motivates you to get your work done. You can choose to remain anonymous or plug your website and your work. And once you submit your questionnaire, I read your responses on a future episode of the Spun Today podcast. It's completely free at no cost to you. And what I like to say about it is that if your responses could potentially spark inspiration in someone else, why not share that? spuntoday.com forward slash questionnaire. My writing stats, starting with August of 2023. I wrote 18 out of the 31 days of the month for a writing percentage of 58 point not too shy. Round it to September of 2023, I wrote 17 out of the 30 days of the month for a writing percentage of 56.7%. Yes, I'll pat myself on the back a bit there as well. And moving on to October of 2023, I only wrote seven of the 31 days of the month, which is no bueno, but a slight caveat to it. Not an excuse, but a slight caveat, just in the name of transparency. That was a combination of coming off of the ramp up to actually publishing and getting through all the editing and formatting and distribution of my short story collection, which came out officially at the end of September, mixed with a focus on the marketing of it and honestly not properly tracking my writing or writing related activities throughout October. But I'll still take the hit with the seven out of 31 days because, you know, what's the point of tracking if you don't track as accurately as you possibly could? And those are my writing stats for August, September, and October of 2023. I'll definitely keep you all posted next time for November and December's stats. Now, quick update on the short story collection I just published, Melted Cold, available now. You can find it on Amazon in a format of your choosing. Currently available, we have the digital, a Kindle version, paperback, as well as hardcover. 
Stay tuned also for the audiobook version that I will keep you all posted on as I make progress on that. But definitely do not let that deter you it not being available as of yet. Please check out my book at spuntoday.com forward slash books forward slash melted cold. There you'll find some background on the short story collection. I also recorded a, a podcast episode exclusively dedicated to of the, of the book, which was episode 244. So if you want to go back and listen to that, I took a, I took a very deep, 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 deep dive into everything and anything that had to do with bringing that short story collection to fruition. So if you're interested in that, definitely check it out. A lot of good practical writing related tips and and just sharing of my experiences within that episode as well. But yeah, it's definitely available. Thank you all that have already checked it out, that have reviewed it online. I really appreciate that. Please don't forget to drop in a five-star review. It definitely helps the book increase in rankings within Amazon. So that's always a good thing. I think at its peak in a couple of the sections that the the categories rather that the book is under, which are contemporary urban fiction, contemporary short stories, and fiction urban life. We were actually number one in two categories and number three in another, which was great. And those peaks are very closely correlated, by the way, to the spike ads that I spoke about during episode 244. So again, check that episode out if you're interested in any of that inside baseball when it comes to writing and publishing. But yeah, right now we're in, as of the recording of this episode, number 1,021 of all the contemporary urban fiction books that are out there. And then we're in the 4,000s for the other two sections. So some more downloads, reading, purchases, ratings would definitely help across the board there. So again, Thank you to all that have already supported and to those of you that will spuntoday.com forward slash books. Moving on to the writing tip for this episode comes from someone who is no stranger to this writing tip category here in the Spuntoday podcast. One of my personal writing goats, Stephen Pressfield. And I'm going to read the full post for you. It's not long because the sentiment behind the entire thing is the, the tip that I want to share, the writing advice that I want to share with you all. And as always, I will link to the writing tip itself within the episode notes so you all can check it out for yourselves. It's titled Self-Doubt Part 1. And Stephen Pressfield writes, have you ever met a writer, usually a very young one, who tells you, I love to write. I can't wait to sit down each morning. I love everything about it. My first thought, either this guy is crazy or he's living in a dimension with which I am not familiar. Likewise, I've encountered writers who will tell you of their work in progress. It's dynamite. Readers are going to love it. Again, I think, what planet does this dude inhabit? Because it sure ain't the one I live on. Here's my mantra regarding self-doubt. Quote, if I'm not crippled with self-doubt for at least the first nine months of a project, and sometimes a lot longer, something is wrong. End quote. You and I should be feeling self-doubt. We should be terrified. One, because self-doubt often comes from trying to second-guess a reader's response to what we're writing. We can't do that. Nobody can. 
William Goldman was 100% right when he said, quote, nobody knows anything, end quote. And number two, the main freight of self-doubt is simply resistance, i.e. our own self-sabotage. And the first law of resistance is, the more important a project is to the evolution of our soul, the more resistance we will feel to it. In other words, self-doubt is good. Massive self-doubt tells us that our resistance, sensing the positive power of the book slash screenplay slash painting slash dance slash symphony we are working on, has pulled out all the stops, trying to undermine us and make us all give up. When I ask a writer of her current project, how's it going? The answer I want to hear is, I hate it. I'm so confused. I have no idea what I'm doing. This is going to be a disaster. If you and I ain't feeling self-doubt, we ain't working. And that's the end of the post. I definitely couldn't agree more with it. I think as writers, as creatives, I don't know, I've said this a bunch before on the podcast, so apologies in advance for being or sounding redundant, but it's a statement that holds true. We as writers and creatives have a sense of imposter syndrome when it comes to the creative work that we put out there, which is definitely an element to this self-doubt that Stephen Pressfield is speaking to that I definitely feel often, if not all the time, (laughs) whenever I'm putting a project together. And then ironically, in hindsight, after it's out, although I still am cognizant of those negative feelings and on some level yearning for the external validation of people actually liking it and enjoying it, I also try to remind myself that nothing that exists is for everybody. There's never going to be something that that I write or produce or or create that is going to be adored across the board. And conversely, nothing, knock on wood, that's going to be hated across the board. (laughs) I'm going to fall somewhere in between on that, that spectrum. And then ultimately remind myself that it's about my own self-expression and the journey of just creating and putting something out there. It ultimately benefiting someone else, whether it be by a story resonating with them or just a few moments of entertainment that they experienced and enjoyment that, that they indulged in. That's all the cherry on top. And that primary focus of writing and creating and expressing myself, that's the constant that always remains. So yeah, definitely a great take on self-doubt from Stephen Pressfield, who always delivers also on that practical level of how to take that negative, that self-doubt, that thing that could be crippling and has been in the past. You know, you're, you're going to go through moments where the self-doubt is just overwhelming. You're like, oh, fuck this. I'm not going to write. Or this story sucks. I'm not even going to finish this one. Being able to have that perspective shift within yourself could be the difference of classic example that I know I've I've spoken about here on the podcast of Stephen King when he wrote Carrie and he was struggling with self-doubt wrote half of it or something along those lines crumbled it up threw it in his wastebasket and his wife is cleaning the trailer that they're living in she finds a story in the wastebasket reads it the half written story partially written story and then tells him that she actually likes it and encourages him to finish it He reluctantly does so, and then that's what, long story short, got him a huge publishing deal, if I recall from his memoir, a $400,000 deal, where he was able to move himself and his wife out of the 
the trailer that they lived in stop being a substitute teacher which he was at the time and ultimately catapulted his prolific career so try to take the guidance or at least this is how i'm taking it <laughs> do with it what you will right teach their own but i'm gonna try to view this writing tip as a self-doubt perspective shift within myself so i can do that for myself whenever i am battling that self-doubt understand that it's normal understand it should be happening leverage it to make whatever it is that you're uncomfortable with about the piece that you're writing for example how to make it better and ultimately push it through into existence so shout out once again to steven pressfield that is the writing tip of this episode which again i will link to in the episode notes what i've been reading i've been reading uncle joey's book tremendous the life of a comedy savage by joey coco diaz those of you who listen to the pod know I'm a big fan of Joey's. Actually went to, to see him live once, have a picture with him, which was great. If I remember, I'll, I'll try to post it to the webpage for this episode, which will be spuntoday.com forward slash podcast forward slash 247. Of all the comics that came out of that Rogan orbit, he's definitely in my probably top two. He's definitely in my holy trinity that I would put up there with Ari Shafir, Joey Diaz, Duncan Trussell, Tom Segura, those recurring guests. He's definitely, definitely one of the goats. And I listened to Uncle Joey's Joint Pod podcast, of course, the the Church of What's Happening Now, which before he ended it, and similar to Tom Segura's book, which I broke down on a previous episode, a free writing session episode. I'm familiar with a lot of the stories that he told in this memoir. But there were definitely some new ones that I hadn't heard before. So that was definitely a treat. Before I get into sharing uh, some of the clips and and points that I jotted down from his book, let me read to you the official synopsis from Tremendous, The Life of Comedy Savage by Joey Diaz. And also shout out to Erica Florentine, which also helped write it by taking his stories and turning them into the prose we see in the book. Here is the official synopsis. Outsider, misfit, criminal, convict, movie star, family man, comedy legend. Joey Diaz has been called every name in the book and then some. Now for the first time, he shares the story of his unlikely rise to fame in his own words, with no punches pulled. Today he stars in hit films, headlines sold out tours, hosts the popular Uncle Joey's Joint Podcast and is a devoted father, but his life wasn't always so picture perfect. Joey Coco Diaz credits his success to his immigrant mentality, the work ethic his mother modeled for him, and on which countless others have depended to survive the harsh landscape of being an outsider. Diaz wasn't always a star, but he was always a comedian. It just took him a while to figure it out. To be fair, He was pretty busy while he was young, helping his tough-as-nails mother in her bar, holding a gun for the first time at the age of six, and later dealing drugs and serving time. Tremendous is the story of Diaz's life from grueling childhood and misspent youth to finding his true calling in comedy. Immigrants, fans of celebrity tales, and comedy enthusiasts alike, it's not a story for the faint of heart or for prudes who've never spent the week sleeping in a piece of playground equipment. From finding his mom's body 
to high stakes crimes, addiction and depression. There are plenty of dark episodes in this saga. Diaz shares it all with brutal honesty and humor. In the same inimitable voice he'd use talking to you from the stage or in a bar. He also shares the story of his improbable rise to the top and the bumpy road that led him there. An inspiration to misfits everywhere, Tremendous is storytelling at its finest. And a reminder that the direst of circumstances can change in unimaginable, unpredictable ways. That's a pretty long fucking synopsis, huh? <laughs> All right, let me get to some of my takeaways here that I jotted down while listening to the audiobook, which, by the way, is the top thing that, I, that I'd mentioned. Joey actually reads the audiobook himself, which couldn't exist in any other way. So it's definitely, definitely a treat as far as that's concerned. This was a good one. And by the way, in no specific order or anything like that, just different stories, different tidbits that, that resonated with me that I wanted to share with you guys. He spoke about how when he was in the movie Grudge Match with Robert De Niro. I remember it was definitely something that we as podcast fans, we know he, he did acting in the past. His biggest, most notable role probably was Fat Tony or Big Tony or Fat Tony from the Adam Sandler of The Longest Yard. He had a small role in Spider-Man 2, but these are really big movies, right? When Grudge Match came out, he had a, a bit of a bigger role. And I know we as podcast fans and fans of him and his comedy, we're definitely proud of him and happy, happy for him, you know? And he mentioned how he told podcast listeners at the time to meet up at a showing at a Hollywood theater and that, you know, when, that's when he was going to go and they could all smoke weed before the film or have a couple drinks and and then go in and watch the movie. And, so, and he expected 10 or 15 people to show up and he said over 100 people showed up and they shut down the fucking theater. So that was a, that was a pretty cool story. But then what he broke down, he chronicled his podcasting trajectory, which I thought was pretty dope. He started podcasting. He had this show called Beauty and the Beast with Felicia Michaels, I believe her name is. I know her name is Felicia. And he had met her at a coffee shop. She introduced him to, to podcasting. They decided to do a, a podcast together. They did a, around 100 episodes. I know I've seen clips of that podcast, but that was pre when I was more more into to Diaz. So I never really followed that that podcast itself outside again of clips that I've like, gone back to listen to or whatever. But he did about 100 episodes with her. Then they, you know, decided to part ways. He started going on Rogan and he noticed, or actually they were still doing episodes while he was on Beauty and the Beast and going on Rogan and stuff. And he would notice that they would have a huge pop whenever he did Rogan. And then he would notice on stage, people would ask him when they went to go see him perform live to tell stories or tell some of the stories on stage that he had told on the podcast, whether on Rogan or on Beauty and the Beast, etc. Then one day he gets an email from a what he called a college kid, Lee Syatt. Shout out to Lee. Definitely a staple of the Church of What's Happening Now. And Lee just pretty much cold called him or whatever the email version of that is. Cold emailed him, I guess. And told him that he was a fan, that he thinks he should be doing his own podcast and that he wants to work with him. And that's when he decided to make the move to, to start his own show, The Church of What's Happening Now, with Lee. And they started it from a spare bedroom in Joey, Joey's house. And Lee just wanted to produce at that time. He didn't want to be on camera. We, we all know how that turned out. 
Lee became more uh, definitely the producer, but also the co-host and and was definitely a staple of the church of what's happening now. And it went from a couple thousand downloads, he said, to over 500,000 downloads per episode. And they did, you know, multiple episodes a week. I think one one a week, maybe two, if I remember correctly. But I thought that was dope, that that breakdown of that that trajectory. Definitely inspiring. And how serendipitously it happened, you know, Lee got a wild hair in his ass, decided to email his comic that he liked, gave him the idea to start his own thing. He did that. They both took it and ran with it. Blew the fuck up thereafter. Oh, he tells a dope story of the longest yard. So if you know Joe, you know he had coke habit for a long time, you know. And I read in the synopsis, you know, he had a troubling childhood, single mom. She was really strict with him and stuff. But she had a bar, ran numbers. He saw her doing drugs, growing up and drinking. And he got into all that type of shit at a young age. And... Also, when he was a, I want to say 16, 15, 17, 18, something like that, he found his mom dead on the kitchen floor with the, the sink water running and wound up having to live with, with friends in the neighborhood that pretty much took him in. And he got into doing crime, like stealing and just hustling, selling drugs until ultimately he found comedy. Now, but he told this, so he told the story of uh, he was dabbling in the acting and stuff like that and he got a commercial he got a few commercials so he was making money but he was also still you know had this coke habit and was this degenerate person in that respect <clears throat> so he was making money but also bur- burning the candle on both ends and and was broke a lot of the time and he had a meeting with adam sandler who they read his tape oh they saw his tape for an audition tape for the longest yard movie which again was one of his biggest roles, definitely one of his biggest paydays. And he said he remembers being broke at the time, but they saw his tape, they liked it. He had, he had the idea to audition on the on the tape with a, a belly shirt and just show how big his stomach was and a football helmet, he did some goofy shit and they liked it. They called him for a meeting. It was in the hotel lobby bar thing. And he said he was like shitty bricks because he was so broke, he was like, what if they want to split the bill or something like this? And, you know, he literally couldn't. So he was contemplating not even going to the meeting. But he winds up going. He meets Adam Sandler and the producer or the director of the film or something like that. And long story short, they they film, he gets the role. They pick up the bill, <laughs> which he emphasized. Then he winds up getting uh, a limo, picks him up. He gets flown out to where they're going to be filming. Adam Sandler meets him on the private plane that that he flew in. Adam Sandler himself carried carried Joey Diaz's luggage, and you know had that comic camaraderie and looked out for him the entire time they were filming. And Joey speaks about how like well they were taken care of, everybody that was in the movie, from anything and everything that they wanted and needed to all the food and just a uh, you know being in a cushy hotel and a huge payday and that was just a, a dope story to hear. And he also mentioned how he started, he got into acting and stuff like that, not from any traditional methods. He broke down how he was figuring out what to do and what things were while he was on set and getting roles. And he did that through a movie called Basketball. He was in Analyze That and Spider-Man 2, like I mentioned. And each time he would pick up different things and get advice from different actors on set and just learn 
you know what a trailer is what the craft services table are what the you know where, what the mark is where you're supposed to stand and all those things he would learn on the job literally he says that harold ramus which was the director of analyze that gave him this advice he told him keep doing what you're doing and anyone that can't see that tell them to go fuck themselves he said when i was getting started everyone was set against me and my work but what did i do I went off and I wrote three of the best scripts ever and they can all go choke on them. And I think generally that's good, kind of ties into the like self-doubt advice from before, especially if you're getting outside input, reinforcing your self-doubt that you already feel about yourself. That kind of like fuck off attitude, I'm gonna do what I do, follow my gut and my instincts and my passion and put out what I wanna put out. Of course I want it to be received and loved and enjoyed, but that's secondary, if it happens at all. The primary focus, the primary goal is do what it is that you wanna do and get it out there. And I'll just add a caveat to that, which would be while being receptive to objective input that you can use to make your work better. But always keep in mind that not all input is good input. He tells stories about uh, Mitzi Shore, uh, which famously told him that Mitzi Shore was the, the owner of the comedy store, which famously told him that he should wear a diaper on stage and call himself Fat Baby. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I didn't take that fucking advice from Mitzi. <laughs> he told the story of how he got passed at the comedy store, which was great. He said that Eddie Griffin sat next to Mitzi and he made sure to laugh his ass off. He laughed loud. And he made sure that nobody was distracting Mitzi while she was watching Joy perform. Because people would always come up and, you know, try to get Mitzi's attention or say hello and this and that. And then she would miss the set and then she would be, you know, by default, like, yo, you're not passed. You're not going to be a paid regular or et cetera. But Eddie Griffin looked out and he, again, laughed just to reinforce that Joy was funny and also made sure that nobody distracted Mitzi. And that's the story of the day that he got passed at the comedy store, which is pretty cool. And he tells this interesting story of a psychological assessment that he had at the prison. Like when he was in prison for, I think, two years or three years or something like that. And then he was in a halfway house for part of that time. But one of the conditions of his release or something like that were was, you know, getting a psychological assessment. And he said the doctor that performed it told him essentially that he was a dangerous person because... If you have something that I want, I might as well give it to you because you're going to take it anyway. And Joey initially took that negatively as, you know, you call me a fucking thief, which he was <laughs> technically at the time. You call me a thief, you know, fuck you basically was his outlook on that. And then the doctor leveled with him and he was, he was, he tells him, he was, he tells him that he's not telling him that in a negative way. That he should take that as a positive. He's, and then the doctor added, you're a dangerous person because if you want something, it's yours. You have the world at your feet, you stupid fucking spick. <laughs> this is what he told him. And again, that kind of goes back to what we were speaking about earlier in terms of perspective shifts. Taking a negative, turning it into a positive or seeing it in a, a positive light. I jotted this down in terms of the general framework uh, of the book itself, like part one, part two, part three. Part one is dealing with his childhood uh, up through the moment when his mom died. Part two is more focused on the criminal life that he led. And then part three 
is more so focused on the stand-up and, and acting career. When his mom died, he moved in with a friend's family, the Benders. And Mr. Bender told him that, you know, he was a good kid and, and friends with, with his kids. So they, they essentially took him in as their own. One of his close friends, Anthony Balzano, died at 13. I believe it was an accident, like a, a car accident or something like that. Oh, and the Balzanos also always looked out for him as well, because when he first moved to, to Jersey with his mom, he saw this Italian kid getting beat up by three Irish kids, and he jumped in to help the Italian kid. But he, from his perspective, he just saw this one kid getting beat by three people, so you know he jumped in to, to help the kid that was getting beat up. And that kid's father saw that and you know always since joey had his bag i think the the father was a uh, wound up being a cop in jersey and the father always looked out for joey ever since then oh and his nickname coco joey coco diaz i never knew how he got it and he detailed in the story how his dad which died snorting heroin by the way when joey was three years old gave him the nickname coco when Joey was born because he was as white as white as the inside of a coconut. So I thought that was a pretty cool story there. And last but not least, I'm gonna leave you guys off with a clip from the book, which I thought was absolutely tremendous. Now I was an elder in the game and I started to talk to younger comics mentor. I'd really become Uncle Joey. In the years after that, I go on to amp my comedy game even more. I got to do comedy specials, a back-to-back special with Doug Stanhope for an NBC channel, and a 30-minute special for Netflix called The Degenerates. I started selling out 1,500-seat theaters, something I had never dreamed of. I got invited to do the Oddball Comedy Festival with Dane Cook and Sebastian Maniscalco, and the church was thriving. My social media following continued to blow up. I was getting on stages, writing, evolving, smoking 92 pounds of weed a week eaten. I don't even know how many edibles and I was working like a fucking savage. I'd built a comedy career out of nothing. Had dozens of acting gigs under my belt, working with some of the top names in the industry and I built a family of loyal fans. People were recognizing me on the street, asking me for my autograph and wanted to take pictures of me. I had made it and I did it on my own terms. Best of all, I married the love of my life, brought an amazing child into the world and started a real home. Truth be told, I was proud of myself, and I knew I'd become a version of myself that my mother could be proud of, too. That felt fucking tremendous. And for the first time in my life, I became the man my mother wanted me to be. And that, my friends, is the story of your Uncle Joey. How dope is that? And that, folks, is what I've been reading. Tremendous, The Life of a Comedy Savage by Joey Diaz. And lastly, I want to share a piece of my own free writing. As always, I'll link to it in the episode notes in case you guys want to check it out for yourselves. And this is one of those free writing pieces that I do where a quote happened to inspire me. So I wrote down the quote and then I free wrote to that quote or with that quote in mind. And the quote comes from the book, The Tools by Phil Stutz and Barry Michaels. Quote, Oliver Wendell Holmes in The Voiceless wrote, Alas, those that never sing, but die with all their music in them. End quote. And to that, here's what I wrote. Sing your song. If for no one else, 
do it for yourself. If for no other reason, do it for the sake of doing it. Make that what if feeling an afterthought. Get yourself to a point where it's a never was. There is something in you. There is in all of us. And not just one thing. It can be plenty. Hopes and desires. Goals and achievements. Can't think of any? Haven't found it yet? Look harder. Look deeper. Summon the wonderment of a child, of the child inside of you, that once wanted to be an astronaut. Try different things. Challenge yourself. And do at least one thing every day that scares you. Quote, unquote. Shout out to Baz Luhrmann. You'll get it. You'll find it. Or it'll find you. Self-expression wants to be expressed. No matter how trivial or grandiose your quote-unquote it may seem, jump in headfirst. Scratch that. Dive into the deep end doing the cannonball. Immerse yourself in yourself and your thing, your hobby, your craft. Make it an expression of you and grow from it and with it. And I wrote that on Tuesday, October 29th, 2013 at 11.35 p.m. And I honestly grabbed this free writing piece, like skimmed through a random page in one of my notebooks. And I think it's really fitting to the theme, if you want to call it that, of this episode of getting out of your own way, doing what it is that you do, what you want to do, putting it out there, express yourself, you know, going for it. Like I wrote here, sing your song. If for no one else, do it for yourself which I definitely underscore. And if I wrote that today, I would emphasize the fact because it kind of sounds like if for no one else, do it for yourself. That's some sort of consolation. But I think the reverse is true. I think you should mainly do it for yourself, for your peace of mind, for being able to reconcile that thing that exists within you that wants to be expressed. And I think that's good advice, you know, trying to look at this objectively in terms of like if you don't have a thing for me for example writing podcasting try different things expose yourself to different things even if you're scared to do so like me me personally writing i've always you know always liked been into you know as i was younger i've told the the story on here like i remember writing a story called like the thousand year old man myself in a notebook like not as like a homework assignment or something like that and it was like the first short story that I ever wrote that was very serendip- not serendipitous, very inspired, if you will. I would, I would call it a direct ripoff <laughs> of Encino Man. But it was pretty much, and I wrote that when I was in second or third grade or something like that. The story was essentially a soldier waking up after a thousand years because he got buried in, in under snow. Then it eventually thawed out. And then always liking to write poetry a little bit and certain essays that I really got into as like school assignments and stuff like that. And then, you know, later on decided to take it more serious, I guess, if you will. But podcasting is something that just fell on my lap. I absolutely love the the medium. As you guys know, such, such a fan. I could listen to podcasts like 24 seven, literally, but that's something that me being a, a pretty introverted person and private for the most part, terrifying kind of to start my own you know but i knew that part of one of the reasons one of the benefits 
that I could foresee in starting my own is, you know, one, having something, having a creative outlet to express myself, but also getting better at that introvertedness of myself, you know, my, my nature or whatever. So yeah, I definitely agree with just trying different things that scare you. You never know where, where they're going to lead. And there's no crime in, you know, trying something, not liking it, and then trying something else. You know, there's an endless amount of things you can do, you know, go take a, a lesson on how to play the flute or the guitar or the piano or pick up martial art or take a dancing lesson, take a master class on cooking. I don't know anything, literally anything. Learn how to crochet, learn how to write code, learn how to put up a piece of sheetrock and paint it and compound it and all that shit. Try different shit. But yeah, the original quote that inspired that free writing piece, again, comes from The Tools, which is a great book. I know I've spoken about it here in the past. Written by psychologists Phil Stutz and Barry Michaels. Phil Stutz actually has a documentary on Netflix that Jonah Hill put together because Jonah Hill was one of his patients, which is great also, around his philosophy of The Tools, quote-unquote, which the book obviously goes into depth on but the documentary is great as well and i will link to that free writing piece in the episode notes and folks that is all that i have for you guys this time that wraps up episode 247 of the spot today podcast i've said it before i'll say it again i appreciate the fuck out of each and every one of you for listening i really really do appreciate it please stick around for just another minute or two so you can listen to a bunch of the different ways you can help support this show if you so choose your support means a ton i really appreciate it so please stick around and until next time peace what's up folks tony here i hope you're enjoying this podcast as much as i enjoy producing it for you here are a few quick ways you can help support this show you can support the spun today podcast by going to spuntoday.com forward slash support There, you'll find my merch section, where you can cop the iconic Podcasts vs. Anybody t-shirt in a wide variety of different colors and all different sizes. Also, if you're into cycling, you can cop the super soft, comfortable, minimalist design Spun Today Bike Club t-shirt, also available in a bunch of different colors and all different sizes. There are a few other designs of different types of t-shirts. Definitely go there and check it out, spuntoday.com forward slash support. It's the merch section where you can also get a dope coffee mug. I have coffee mugs with the brand new redesigned Spun Today logo on one side and the tagline that I end every show with on the other which is start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. The mug is available in both black and white because we don't discriminate here at the Spun Today podcast. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash support and check out the merch section. You can support the Spun Today podcast by checking out my writing. You can go to spuntoday.com forward slash free writing and check out some of my free association writing, which is intended to be some cathartic free writing but oftentimes doubles down as motivation for myself and others. At spuntoday.com forward slash short stories, you can read a bunch of the different short stories that I've written and actually listen to the audiobook versions of those short stories there as well. Another way you can help support my writing is by going to spuntoday.com forward slash books and checking out what I have in store for sale. Digital copies are available in all formats whether it be Kindle, iBooks, or a different type of e-reader. You can also purchase paperback copies, if that's your preferred reading method. Currently available, I have my nonfiction, Make Way For You, which is a collection of freely written thoughts, 
that were curated and put together as tips for getting out of your own way. Also available is my debut time travel novel titled Fractal. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash books to show your support. Support the Spun Today podcast by following me on social at Spun Today on Twitter, at Spun Today on Instagram. Please also check out and like my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Spun Today, and subscribe to my YouTube page as well. On my YouTube page, not only will you get these full length episodes, but you'll also get to check out some chopped up clips and bonus content. To get to my YouTube page, just search Spun Today on YouTube or click on any of the YouTube icons on the footer of my website. Also, don't forget to rate and review this podcast wherever it is that you're listening. It really does help. The Spun Today newsletter is available to each and every one of my listeners absolutely for free. All you have to do is go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe and drop in your email address. What I'm going to do is brighten up everybody's least favorite day of the week by delivering five curated things within my weekly newsletter every Monday at noon. You're going to receive a photo of the week, a recommended podcast of the week. I listen to tons of podcasts from an array of varied interests. I cherry pick the very best ones so that you can check them out. I also share a video of the week, which can be anything from a tasty recipe to a dope rap battle to an enlightening TED talk. I also share a quote of the week. And finally, for my fellow wordsmiths out there, a word of the week so that you can step up your vocab. Again, this curated list is yours absolutely free by going to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe and dropping in your email address and you can unsubscribe at any time. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe, drop in your email address, and you'll get the very next one. If you want to help support the Spun Today podcast financially, you can do so by going to spuntoday.com forward slash support. Here you'll find a few different ways that you can do so. You can shop on Amazon, but first go to my website, spuntoday.com forward slash support, click on the Amazon banner, which will take you to Amazon's website where you do your shopping like you normally do. It will not cost you anything extra, but I will get credit for driving traffic to their website. Another cool way that you can help support this show is through Patreon, where you can set up reoccurring donations to my podcast, whether it be $1 per show, $2 per show, etc. And depending on how much you choose to pledge, you will receive some Patreon perks in return. Things like free writing pieces, free bookmarks, free digital copies of my books, etc. Again, my Patreon link can be found at spuntoday.com forward slash support. You can also set up similar reoccurring payments via my Ko-fi page. And if you want to send a one-time happiness bomb donation, if you will, you can do so via my PayPal link. Again, all of which can be found at spuntoday.com forward slash support. If you're a fellow creative, a cool way that you can help support the Spun Today podcast and actually be part of the podcast is by filling out my five-question questionnaire located at spuntoday.com forward slash questionnaire. Here you'll find five open questions related to your craft, your art, what inspires you to create, what type of unrelated hobbies you're into, and what motivates you to get your work done. You can choose to remain anonymous or plug your website and your work. And once you submit your questionnaire, I read your responses on a future episode of the Spun Today podcast. It's completely free at no cost to you. And what I like to say about it is that if your responses could potentially spark inspiration in someone else, why not share that? Spuntoday.com forward slash questionnaire. 
And as always, folks, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening. I love you, Aiden. I love you, Daddy. I love you, Grayson. I love you, Daddy.